so I, th- I I kind of appreciate that a lot of people find themselves, you know, maybe they've got 10 clients, maybe they're earning enough money so they have to quit the job they were doing and then they're suddenly like, yes, I'm loving this, this is great. And then everything changes and the clients stop coming through, the referrals stop happening, the networking group they go to shuts down and suddenly they're like, where's my customers? I've got bills to pay. And then they suddenly learn a very quick lesson in marketing. Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers, and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good, and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. This episode of the podcast is another window into our community, where you get to know our members and what they do. Today, I'm talking to Simon Batchelor, co-founder of Pellant Digital and the Marketing Success Club. He shares his journey from running a digital marketing agency for large clients to now offering courses and coaching to founder-run businesses that he believes can make a difference. Simon has a need for adventure and impact and believes that change happens from the bottom up. He wants to help amplify the voices of small businesses doing good things so they can all make a big impact. During our conversation, he shares some of his ideas about what it means to do marketing well and how to build a trusting relationship with your customers. He's fighting the get-rich-quick marketeers out there by helping more people market market themselves more authentically and sustainably. I present to you Simon Batchelor. I'm Simon Batchelor. I'm a marketing coach, and I'm the co-founder of Marketing Success Club. And I also run a digital marketing agency called Palant Digital. Um, I have been doing digital marketing in some form or another for almost 18 years now. Wow. So that's before Facebook, when Amazon just sold books, before Gmail, before WordPress, back when the internet was just static web pages and everyone thought we were absolutely crazy for trying to sell websites. It was um, the Wild West back then. It was good fun. Um, so yeah, we've been doing it for a long time, me and my business partner, Ben Davis. Um, so yeah, we, we, as I say, we've been running that for a long, long time. We've been around on the internet for donkey's years. And um, we kind of got to a point where we realized we were, we were able to work with slightly larger businesses with a digital marketing agency, but then there was a gap in um, how we could help sort of smaller businesses because they couldn't kind of afford the agency sort of pricing, which is necessary to run an agency. Mm. You know, you can't just you can't just re- reduce your prices to work with smaller businesses. It doesn't work like that. So, I was seeing a business coach a few years ago, and he said, "Well, why don't you create something for those businesses, like a training thing or a workshop or a, a webinar?" I think was his initial sort of thoughts. He's like, "Why don't you just do a webinar for those people?" So, we um, we sort of thought about it and we thought, well, if we're going to bother doing a webinar, we might as well do a course. And then we're like, well, if we're going to do a course, we might as well do it properly. <laughs> we might as well do a program, really. And then, and then that just ballooned. And two years later, we've got a um, like a whole marketing bootcamp program. Um, and it, it it it's purely down to the fact that I just really enjoy doing it. I just love working with passionate people. And it, it's just really caught my attention and my energy and I can 
find I can just spend hours on it and and love doing it. So it's it's been a pleasure to to find a new avenue within the sector, but to have a mm. totally new audience and a um, a totally new sort of direction. But whilst just you know applying the knowledge from one and sharing it into the other, I think is the is how I would describe it. The because you talked about working with bigger clients who could afford uh, afford the fees that an agency needs to, to command in order to mm. survive. Um, and then this move to to working with more people, but um, uh, being able to help more people, let's say. What, how has that changed your view of how you work? Um, because it, it's different mindsets, I'd assume. Yeah, I think there's. We've always worked well with the with the founder, co-founder, kind of owner, manager. You know, the person in control. I don't think we have any. We have one or two clients, maybe, that have a board of directors. Everybody else is just the founder and then their team, and we've always worked well with that type of person because me and Ben are that type of character. We. We like to get things done. We don't hang around. And I guess being able to work with other other founders, it, we, we always felt, you know, a networking or in a, you know, in a co-working space, we'd always make friends with and talk to and 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 help out all these other small businesses and and never really have any anything more than just a you know, lean over the shoulder, click that, do that, sign up for that, and that will sort it out. There was never much more structure to it than that. And I guess that's what that sort of came from, is that want to actually be able to offer something a bit more than just the odd sort of poke your head around the corner and shout some advice in and run away. So with that large client, you're very much, um, you are, I assume, defining projects and running projects for them in terms of marketing projects yeah and when it comes to something like a program or training i'm i'm assuming you're taking people through a set of principles lessons sort of set of something that you've structured already um that you guide them through rather than you doing the work for them is that a yeah exactly yeah yeah, so rather than us using what we've learned to deliver the marketing program or the campaign or the ads or the website, we're essentially taking the principles that that we work to and sort of working with um, those more sort of entrepreneur level businesses to to help them understand that if they if they work to these principles, then the marketing essentially becomes part of what they do as they're running their business. Mm. And actually, you you don't have to try too hard to make your marketing sort of come out of just running a business because the stuff you're doing all the time is really interesting. It's just you never tell anybody about it because you either think they don't want to know or they already know. And in both cases, you're quite often wrong. So it's great to be able to have those sort of light bulb moments where you show someone like, you know, you get, tell me tell me what you do and they say, and then you're like, that's really interesting. I bet I bet hardly anybody knows about that. And they, of course, I could be talking about this thing that I, I just assumed everybody knew about or would be bored by. And then they just get really excited about it. And then, you know, like two weeks later on Instagram, they're posting every day and, you know, it's great and people are loving it and they've got more business and, and literally all they've, do, all they've started to do is just start to talk about what they do in a different way. And so what we're teaching people isn't necessarily sort of new or we haven't sort of reinvented the wheel or it and, and we're not it's not some kind of magic process it's just I guess it's like a mixture of because we do the coaching as well it's it's sort of like I'm going to teach you something and then I'm going to work with you to help you implement it and understand it hmm. so it's that balance that we always found was missing from training we did was you know it's like yeah I could give someone 50 videos but they'll stop watching after video 10 and never implement any of it. Whereas if you've actually got someone calling you up saying like, Hey, how's that going? You know, have you done it? And then they're like, Oh no, <laughs> but that's because I didn't understand this bit. Like, okay, cool. Let's work it out. And then that, that works really well. 
um, or they're just like, yeah, I've done it. I just, I, I'm really excited to get on and do it and implement it. So it's, mm. I think that's the, that's, that's maybe how we're sort of combining that together, I guess. Mm. So there's, there's, on one hand, there's essentially keeping the knowledge and using that knowledge for the benefit of your client. And on the other hand, I'm hearing it's giving the knowledge, but also giving the sense of accountability so they actually use that knowledge rather than it just be something they learn but never do anything with. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I think a lot of a lot of the time when people start a business, they either started by accident, you know, they accidentally a business, or they they do a week of freelancing and two years later they're still doing it. <laughs> and then suddenly they're like oh, how do you do accounts and how do you do marketing and what's financing and all, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so much to learn as business owners. And me and Ben accidentally started our business 18 years ago. We know exactly what it's like. So I, th- I kind of appreciate that a lot of people find themselves, you know, maybe they've got 10 clients, maybe they're earning enough money so they have to quit the job they were doing. And then they're suddenly like, yes, I'm loving this. This is great. And then everything changes. And the clients stop coming through, the referrals stop happening, the networking group they go to shuts down, and suddenly they're like, where's my customers? I've got bills to pay. And then they suddenly learn a very quick lesson in marketing. How would you define marketing? I would say it's interesting. So marketing, to me, is the process of bringing someone to you in a way that they're ready to buy what you sell mm. or, or, or not ready, wanting to buy or interested in buying what you sell. I would say that's how I would just define it. So it's, it's um, there's something around getting someone interested in you yeah, and what you have to offer. Yeah. Like most of the people who come to us have already sold themselves on what we do it's just a case of when can we start really like and that's that is what i think is when you've got your marketing working well when 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 people are really already bought into everything you talk about and you believe in and you stand for Mm. and they just want to be involved and you know all, all they want to work out is how much and when and how fast and how many and all the rest of it you know yeah um, and I think that's that's when it's working. So they've already built up the trust in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also if you're, you know, I think I think crucially, especially with solo entrepreneurs or solo business owners, whatever you want to call yourself when you're in that stage, they that they see the value in what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key, is that it isn't this battle of why are you charging 45 pounds for this why is that 700 pounds you know what do i get for that yeah can you do it for 400 all of this business it's they hopefully as they come to you they're they're like you know even if they come to you and they see something like look i know this is going to be expensive but i heard it's worth it Mm. so talk to me more about how this works you know you know I think that that's that's the dream, isn't it? Of yeah. of people knowing the value and they just they just want to get involved. Mm. So that that conversation sounds like just being reassured that they're in the right place and that mm. they're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the key things for me, I read it in um, Seth Godin's "This Is Marketing." Mm-hmm. One of the key messages in that is that it's not for you, and that's okay. Mm. And it's like, you can't market to everybody. You can't sell to everybody. And sometimes when you're talking to people, whether through ads or your website or your videos, you're saying in a direct or non-direct way, do you know what? This isn't for you and that's all right. There's someone else out there who's got what you want. It's not me. And embracing that is a huge thing because it means you don't have to take it personally when you put out a blog and it gets three people read it or you put out a blog and it gets a thousand people read it. It's like, it's okay. It wasn't, it just wasn't for them. And, and that's all right. But maybe one of the people who read that blog 
might read 10 of your blogs and then buy what you do. So it's that, it's that thing of just trusting in yourself and knowing that you've, you've got a, you've got a really good thing going on. You've just got to find the right way of saying that. And sometimes that takes time. It's not, it's not easy, but that, that was definitely a message that stuck with me. And I think that's, if anything, that's a message that I get from this is, is most of the time it does take time and it does take patience. But then if I think of it if we, as, as trust building, how, how many times do you just meet someone, trust them implicitly? It usually takes a number of meeting. You, you earn trust. You don't buy trust or your trust doesn't suddenly fall out of the sky and suddenly, yep, it's here. Yeah, I think it it takes time, but it also takes it takes that um, that that number of times when it goes wrong not to be disheartened. <laughs> I think, and it's that persistence of I believe what I'm doing. I just haven't quite nailed it. I just mm. uh, it's like uh, I know it's out there. I know the the description, the word, the. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, is out there. I just need, I need to find the words that resonate with the right people. And the right people will suddenly start being more kind of receptive. They'll, they'll suddenly turn up more to, mm. to, to what I'm doing. Um, and I think the big, another little mistake we see is that people are like, great, that message is working. I'm going to change it. There's this journey of not only knowing what to say, but also who you want to say it to yes. and, and understanding not only where the market opportunity is, but I, I assume also who you want to work in, work with yourself, who you're passionate about working with. I don't, have you experienced that or have you seen that your, how your clients experience that kind of journey? Um, I think often it's, you know, people when they very first start working with us or coming to workshops or, even just joining the club they may think oh my audience is pretty much anybody who's got a car you know so yeah fair enough okay that's your audience got it and then you're like but what about people who've got estate cars or what about people who've got electric cars? you know what i mean it's like immediately with two two or three questions i can halve that audience and they'll be like oh yeah so you mean yeah actually i guess it's not diesel cars is it it's just that car and it's like, okay so then and you drill down and down and down and down and I think even with a bit of rudimentary thinking, most people can narrow an audience. But I think the people we're sort of working with um, at the moment with Marketing Success Club, it's a little bit more of like, well, if you could have sort of 10 people come to your business next week, um, who would they be? You know, and why would you want them knocking on the door? Like you can only have 10, let's say, you know, who would those 10 customers be? And and why are they there? What do they want? I think the temptation then is to jump straight in and just buy some ads. All right. And be like, okay, cool. I know who it is. Fine. Yeah. Thanks very much, Simon. I'm off now. Bye. And go, I'm just going to go and spend two grand on Facebook ads. Bye. And off they go. And that would probably work. You would buy them some customers. But you're always going to have to spend the money on the ads. Mm. So we try and sort of get it working without ads first. Because that's that's a sustainable way of building your business is if the pipeline or the funnel or the tube or the, you know, <laughs> conveyor belt of sales is working and you don't have to spend a penny on it, then that's when you buy ads. Yeah. Profit and revenue. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't want to just be like, right, we need some customers go and spend some money. It's, you know, yeah. So I think it's a difficult, it is, it's just about switching people's thoughts from like always defaulting like the default behavior of okay well you know i've seen everybody else says they're doing this mm -hmm. so i think i need this and it's just trying to show people a little bit more of actually there is a way of doing this that works and if you mm -hmm. just do it and trust us it'll work and then you can do that and i'll be honest it's kind of what we try and do in the agency but there's a there's a line that we can't cross in the agency. 
So if we say to someone, I don't think that's the best thing to do, and they're like, yeah, but that's what I want to do. You're like, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're kind of like, well, we can do it. But, I mean, quite often, if they just want to buy ads and we know those ads won't work, we won't take the money. Mm-hmm. Just We say, look, we're not for you. Off you go. There's someone else out there who would happily take your money. Um, and they often come back a year or two later, having spent tens of thousands of pounds on ads that didn't work and go, you remember though when you told us the ads wouldn't work? <laughs> yeah, well, they didn't. Uh, can you do that thing you said you were going to do? So, yes, we can. But I think that that's why it's better to work with that owner-founder level because you can actually just have a real conversation with them and say, I, you know, if you want to do that, you're going to have to find someone else to do it because I'm not going to take your money. And at that point, most business owners will go like, ooh, hang on. They're that confident that this isn't going to work. They don't want my money. Okay, right. <laughs> I'm really not going to do it then. Well, no one wants to look stupid. <laughs> no, exactly, right? Yeah. Unless they're really stubborn. Yeah. And, and you know, some people are, and off they go, and they, it's like, I want a bucket of SEO. I've been told I need a big bucket of SEO, and, and, and that's the only thing that's going to work for my business. Okay, yeah. great. And then they go and buy their big bucket of SEO and they put the, you put it in the middle of the office and everyone looks at it and goes, oh, SEO, great, yeah. How's your SEO going? Oh, it's brilliant. And it, what is it? Well, I don't know, it's just a big bucket of SEO, isn't it? Just, <laughs> no one knows what it is. Bucket of SEO. Yeah. There's so many people out there selling buckets of SEO. It's great. It's, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. So, you know, given your wealth of experience, there's a lot of different ways that people can approach this online or digital marketing approach. And, you know, we've been talking about uh, the paid approach, whether it's SEO or Facebook ads. Um, one thing that you seem to be very clear about is just knowing this person, this, this you know, this persona you called it. So essentially mm-hmm. having a very, very clear, specific idea of, of what this person is like and who, what they look like. Mm. Um, and just briefly, you know, with that knowledge, other than now targeting them to the infinitesimal degree on Facebook ads, what, what is it that people can use with that knowledge and what can they do with that other than just, yeah. Well, I think, well, one of the, one of the sort of key, I guess, principles we sort of teach and work through on the course is the kind of combination of um, empathy, authority, and credibility. So if you know who you want to have knocking on your door next week, you know, you, you know who those dream customers are, then you can use empathy to show that you see them, you hear them, and you understand them. And you can say, you know, I know you've got this problem. I know this is the thing that's going on for you. I've seen it before. I hear what you're saying. I understand you. I I get it. And once you know people who you want, that that message is easy. It comes easy to be empathetic to their their needs. Then you can talk then with authority because you can then show how you help. So once you've got that authority level, you you can say, well, look, I know how to do this. I've done this before. And I really think that I could help you do it. But the other thing you can do is you can show how it can go wrong. So you can say, look, you know, I'm just saying, if you do do this, you've got to watch out for this because I've seen it and you can sort of, it's like that, imagine a mountain path. It's like saying, you know, you could slip off the edge, but if I'm with you, I'll tell you where, where to look out and be careful. And then the credibility is obviously the last section of that because the credibility is where your story comes in. And that's the, I'm really passionate about doing this. I've worked with, you know, all these people, I've got these testimonials, I've got these results. But those results and those credit, that credibility is only going to resonate if it links back to your authority and it means something to the person who's got the problem. And I think with that principle of those three, you can start to understand more about why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. And that's when people be, get involved and that's when people just want to be involved in what you're doing, you know, because you're, you're doing something you care about and you're doing something that is, has a bit of passion behind it. And people feel like you're talking directly to them, even though you're just writing a blog on, you know, how to build a beehive or something, you know, but it's, <laughs> you know, or why to build a beehive, for example, you know, it doesn't matter what the topic is or why you would talk about it, but 
if you can write for that specific person in mind, then when that persona reads that blog or article or post or YouTube video or podcast, they're going to be like, wow, they're talking to me. That's, that's exactly me. And then, and then you've got them, you've got that attention, haven't you? And they're either going to learn more and love it, or they're going to be like, yeah, no, actually, maybe it was just that one blog. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> I love the way you've broken that down, though. I've never heard of it that way. Or empathy, authority, and credibility. And it's, not, it's a nice, simple, structured approach to thinking about how you're going to talk to someone, essentially, whether it's a blog post or even just talking to someone face to face. And I love the fact you're, you know, it leads with empathy. It's very much aligned to what I think is important to us at the Happy Startup School. I'm, I'm keen to also just learn a bit more about your journey, mm. this, this entrepreneurial journey. Because I, I know one of the things I, another story I remember from you, I think it was somewhere like, I don't know, was it Mount Everest? I don't know. It just felt like you were like, you were telling me about if you stuck your, if you got your feet wet up, you know, in those kind of altitudes, you had to like take your shoes off or something like that and just sprinkle. I don't know. (laughs) Do you remember the story I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've had a bit of a a funny, a funny old career really in many ways. Um, <laughs> well, um, satisfy the listener's curiosity there. Okay. I've like totally modeled that story. So essentially, um, we'll probably have to do a whole other podcast on the full story of it. But essentially, for one reason or another, I found myself in the Himalayas and we got to a river that was not meant to be there. It was it was normally a road, and then the Jeep went around the corner and it was a river. And the guy who was driving the, the car was like, well it's too deep and it's too fast. I can't drive my car through it. So you're going to have to walk through it. And we were like, well, if it's too fast for a car, why, how are we going to and he, walk across? And he literally just said, well, 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 slowly. It's like, okay. So this water is glacier meltwater and the glacier it's melting out of, like I can touch. It's at the edge of the road. If you imagine the, it's just like a wall of ice and shooting out the bottom of it is water that used to be frozen and it comes up to just above knee level. And this river was a two lane road easily. And I had all of my, I used to do some sound recording back then for, for, for a film we were recording back then. So I had to carry all of my sound equipment above my head. So I had about, I don't know, like 10,000 pounds worth of recording equipment. And we'd literally traveled for three days and we were about, well, we're at this point, we were a couple of days walk still from the village we were going to. And I'm like, if I drop this sound recorder, the whole trip's off because we can't hear anything that anybody's saying. It's going to be a write-off. So that focused the mind somewhat to, to, to crossing this river. And then we got to the other side and we had no, there's no towel. So I just had to put my socks back on and then run around these star jumps to get the blood flowing again. Because he's like, if, if, if your feet go blue, we're going to have to helicopter you out. It was just, it was amazing. So there's about wow. six of us waded across this river. And it was, it was, and, and the Sherpas were just, just walking through it. Like it was a bath, like a warm bath. It was amazing. It was fantastic. Um, oh, I, I, I can picture, I'm picturing it in my head as you're saying it. It's like, and I'm, I'm even picturing, picturing your blue feet. Yeah, it was <laughs> Never been so cold. It's quite an experience. <gasps> Fantastic. And so um, with that image in mind, maybe share a bit more about this this 18-year journey of... Uh, actually, rather than the full 18, I'm, just, I'm curious about this latest transition, essentially, from mm. full-time agency work to now. What I see you doing is also is building a community. Mm. Yeah, and I think we've learned a lot over the years of of working with different businesses, but I've also did some work in film and TV for many years. So I did studio work in a sound studio in Soho, um, which was a, a combination of amazing and very, very boring, depending on what I was working on. And um, that that taught me a lot about the way 
you know, big business does selling and big business does entertainment. And it, it just suddenly clicked in my head. It wasn't for me. And then I got out and I went freelance. And at that point, our agency was growing. So I was working in commercials and corporate films. So I was going into some of the biggest companies in the world and making, well, doing the sound recording for exceptionally boring corporate films. And it was a masterclass in how not to advertise, how not to make films, how not to try and communicate corporate messages. It was just fascinating. Accompanied alongside that with some projects that we that I did for uh, sort of, you know, for, for passion and the Himalayas being one of them, I was incredibly fortunate enough to go to the Himalayas twice to film a project, to film a documentary film, um, uh, once for five weeks and then again for four weeks. Um, and that, I think, unlocked in me a, a feeling of just being like, this is where I really enjoy, like, the, the adventure, the exploring, the passion. So I think that that when I came back from that, I really wanted to stop working so hard and be like, do you know what? If I, I know I can't get to the Himalayas every weekend, but I just want some more time to explore and travel. So anyway, I guess the more recent transition, it, it took us a few years because of various boring downsizing agencies and then upsizing agencies and down to another over and over again, without going into too much detail, it was a bit of a roller coaster for a few years after the Himalayas. And it did take us probably five years to get to a point where we were, the business was going well, me and Ben were in a position where we both knew what we wanted out of life a bit more. And we had an opportunity when our business coach set us a challenge and he just said, I want to know, you know, what do you want to get out of business? And what would you do if, if, if money was no object? Like if you like if I, if I if I paid your wages from now till forever, what would you do? And I just I I, I thought well, do you know what I'd love to work with 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 other businesses and and help people who are really trying to do something good do it better. Now I guess we've made this transition because we want to. Well, I want to keep doing it, and Ben knows that we can we can do more if I keep doing it, because we get to reach more people, we get to have a bigger impact and help more businesses do what they do better, mm. but without flogging them a bucket of SEO or a, you know, <laughs> a pointless multi-level marketing opportunity or whatever, you know what I mean? There's just so much nonsense out there and we see so many people getting ripped off by companies and it, it's just, yeah, people wasting their hard-earned savings on pyramid schemes and Get rich so quick tactics. It, I'm curious now. So, how does it work with Ben? Then, is are you mainly driving the the content marketing success, success club, and Ben's doing the agency work? Is that the split? Or yeah, yeah. So, um, although I pushed myself out of my comfort zone and did the presentation, Ben also did that presentation, uh, and I loved it, and he absolutely hated it. So, <laughs> we made a decision for the first time I guess in about 12 years of business that actually we didn't have to do everything together we didn't both have to do this we didn't have to do that and because we're different the kind of yin and yang of the decision making so I'm quite impulsive and quite fast moving and risk uh sort of aware and risk-taking and he's the opposite he's calm considered detail and risk adverse so i i pull him up and he pulls me down and we it works basically so we decided it didn't make sense for both of us to try and create this thing we still needed the agency to be ticking over and running and and we've we've been working hard for the last two years to get it to a point where we are just ticking over. We're not actively looking for new customers. We're just ticking along. We've got mm. our nice customers. We like working with all of them. And and that's that's fine. And it and it pays the bills. It pays the wages. It's everything's fine. But it's 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 not a, a it, that that isn't gonna last to build something that that was different and new and you know, we could put our energy and excitement into into a business that is something that we can um, grow, I guess, 
community sense, but as kind of alumni sense and make another community of business owners there that I think all want to try and do do their business a bit differently from that get rich quick. It's not about just peddling nonsense to people who haven't read the small print. It's it's about doing what they do because they're really good at what they do, hmm. but maybe marketing that isn't one of their strengths. And they suddenly realize that that doesn't need to be one of their strengths because they can get help with that to help them do what they do more of. Hmm. So it's, um, it's interesting there. And I'm hearing parallels with Minor Lawrence's journey. Um, I heard very much your um, attraction to adventure, whether it's going into the Himalayas or doing something that's outside your comfort zone. So with our journey, it was very much um, Lawrence looking for uh, essentially something more exciting and something interesting. And there, we, there wasn't there wasn't an exciting future that we could see in terms of growing the agency. And mm. so I heard a similar thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, in terms of it sounds like the agency with you is ticking over, but the excitement is in this idea of the community. And, and these are my words. So again, I might be projecting here, but the broader impact that you can be making by taking this other approach that you're doing with with the community. And I'd be curious to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much pretty much the sort of a, yeah, I think that's a really good summary of it, actually. Um, I think me and Ben have always always wanted to sort of make a make a bit more of a difference in I think I think really the key sort of belief that that, that we have is that small business actually makes big change. So a small business in a in a community can make a huge change to consumer behavior. Mm. And those consumer trends that even a small community of say 100 or 1000 people pick up is then projected onto bigger brands because then when they look at the bigger brands those bigger brands aren't doing it. They're failing to to meet that same um you know requirement of whatever those things may be but particularly on the sustainability point of view you know it was it was pressure from consumers that drives big companies to change and i think we've seen that from a very sort of boring technical level but the servers that the internet runs on until a few years ago were all powered by coal only through pressure from big web agencies who wanted to be more green because they couldn't claim they were a green agency if all of their websites are powered by coal forced these big companies to change to solar and wind mm. and that's a sort of big example of it but then you look at say it's a very bright and centric example but hisby you know the plastic free uh supermarket in town with sustainable um produce um that's 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 leading change there's some huge change that they're putting out in the wider world but also just on a local level consumers it's in the foresight of small business making a big change because consumers are then suddenly thinking more about what they're doing why they're doing it the decision because you vote with your pounds don't you so mm. if, if a small business can win a pound off a big business then a big business is going to start to wonder where the small pounds are going <laughs> and they'll be like hmm everyone seems to be going in this little shop because they're not using plastic anymore maybe we should not be using as much plastic and i i believe that if enough small businesses can be out there on platforms like instagram facebook wherever youtube talking and being passionate about what they do and winning 10 clients each even if every small business in the uk won 10 clients off a big business mm. we'd have We'd, we'd, we'd smash this 2030 goal of being carbon neutral. You know, <laughs> it'd be easy if, if, if people made those decisions, I think, um, and, and, and voted with, with, with their pounds more sustainably. So that's, I think, our long-term goal is to try and get more small businesses to be seen and heard. It's amazing. I'd say so there's, you know, 
a very purposeful approach for you in terms of business it sounds mm, yeah i mean i'm i've been i've been wanting to make this sort of change for a long time i think it's it's i i, I find it incredibly frustrating the speed at which companies drag their feet when making even basic decisions and um it's why me and ben don't work with big business because we just get so bored of it so quick <laughs> but it's one of the reasons we love working with a small business because if i say you've got to change your energy supply you've got two weeks and they'll be like yeah sure okay you know what i mean they're, they're like yeah great we can do it because we can put it on the website but yeah and and they see the value in it and they can change it's like small business can do that in a month you know <laughs> and i think it it it's it's easy, you know. I remember hearing someone on YouTube, on uh, LinkedIn the other day saying that some big businesses now will only just be making the purchase of Zoom because they've realised they're going to need a web conferencing thing to, to connect <laughs> their team. Like they will have spent the last six months trying to work out which one to go for, and they'll only just be getting Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever, you know. And you just think that is the level of business that is. You think how long it would take them to move their energy supplier or to change their packaging or whereas if you know top top down isn't going to change anything but bottom up is you know you lose ten thousand consumers you look at like big energy companies who are losing people over to renewable energy companies because of their switch guarantees and all this stuff it's starts to make big change in the market i think so yeah i get this um real strong sense of a need to 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 create an impact for you and ben uh, to be part of something that's creating impact and, and this idea of purpose and particularly with you this this sense of adventure um mm. and this kind of even this journey of growth in a sense um and it's for me anyway it, it makes me understand why you're part of the community and, and that connection to a lot of the people that I I know that are members of this community. I'd be curious to understand also your perspective of being part of the Happy Startup School and what it's meant you know, to you. Well, I think I first was drawn to it because it was not like any other community I'd ever seen. Um, I'd never seen a collection of businesses that were focused initially on my, 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 my initial uh, thoughts were around being happy. <laughs> um, everything else had been like a Facebook group to a thousand X or whatever, or, you know, email campaigns to smash your, blah, 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 and it was all like, Oh God, it's all boring. Right. Whereas I came to ideas cafe, I think, first of all, and, and I remember seeing you talk about, the concept of it and you had the summer camp coming up and I remember just thinking wow this is this is a breath of fresh air this is this is the kind of <clears throat> different thinking that I think I've been looking for this is that alternative view to to doing business that I think is needed and uh I think I joined that that week I think I remember just, I think you did, uh, I can't remember. It was back in the early, early days. I seem to remember just signing up and then I came to lots of ideas, cafes after that. And um, I just kind of, I was just amazing being in a room full of other people who thought the same thing. And now increasingly that is on, on the community online. It's, you know, watching people post about the stuff they're doing and, you know, the things they're achieving and, sharing and things like that and seeing like yeah there are a lot of other people out there who who think the same in terms of they're not just in it to sell more things to people who haven't read the small print it's you know they're in it because they want to do something they want to even if they just want to think about it in a different way and that's as far as they've got then that's still exciting and then when I had the opportunity to to help out at summer camp, that was the kind of next level for me. That was absolutely brilliant. 
because uh, there's one thing I love, it's 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 doing stuff. <laughs> and that sense of like, hang on, I can go camping and I get to listen to all these great people and I get to put up all the flags. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> oh, gosh, we missed it so much this year. Oh, I know, I know. Um, yeah. It was all the, the, the photos kept popping up on that. In um, I've got Google Photos and it, if it comes up every day saying this is where you were last year this year has been a real tough year i tell you it was, oh. uh, it was summer camp followed by the himalayas for me <laughs> it's just back to back it was like one year and seven years ago it's like wow oh, gosh. yeah summer camp was was a real eye-opener in terms of the people who spoke there they were just inspiring in terms of it wasn't like it wasn't um I think it's that refreshing not selling from stage stuff that you get all the time and it's so common now and it was just the antithesis of that it was and the um I can't remember the name of the process but where everybody runs their own workshop and then you vote on it and mm. you go to them the open space open space and it was the it is you know without without not wanting to ruin the surprise for everybody it is essentially 2 hours of complete chaos that somehow means you end up doing three workshops <laughs> it's brilliant it is just and the look of panic on people's face who need structure to be told there is no plan we're just gonna do some stuff and then everybody at the end of it going like that was absolutely brilliant that was great i did stuff i never even thought i'd do and yeah, it, it just out it was everyone out of their comfort zone it was great i thought it was brilliant in in some way or another but in a very positive way i thought mm. well, it definitely sounded like it met your need for adventure yeah and I think that was what drew me to this community in the first place was I didn't even know about summer camp when I first got involved but it was just like I think at some point someone in this community is going to reach out and hey I like what you're doing I've got a connection for you and I think this is really going to help or they're going to say I've I want to introduce you to someone who I think could really help you with your this or with that and you know likewise I try and you know reach out for people who who want help with what i do you know mm. even if they just want to chat about what they're doing i don't necessarily you know what i mean not not in a salesy way but just in a sort of reach out and, and help each other it seems to be very you know uh give and then what goes around comes around kind of thing you know mm. you, you uh you get back what you put in awesome that's great thanks for that um, and so for people um, listening to this, I think they got a good idea of what you do now and uh, and the journey you've been on. Um, if they wanted to find out more, where would you like to send them? Um, I think it would be uh, a good starting point is the website, um, which is marketingsuccess.club. And or just search Marketing Success Club. That's a good place to start. That's got social links on it. Um, it's got our blog as well. But also, if you've got any questions, the best place is to is to just reach out on the Happy Startup um, app or log in, whatever you, <laughs> however you use it. But yeah, Simon Batchelor on there and just, um, I'm in the marketing group as well on there. So pop some questions in there or um, reach out on the messaging and we can connect on there. Um, but yeah, if you want to know more about the club, then yeah, definitely the website is the best place to start, I think. Brilliant. And is there any there, um, if it, is there anything that's coming up for you at the moment that you'd like people to jump onto, or is there anything that you'd love people to sign up to? Cause I know you, you also got your, your podcast and your YouTube, um, channel, but uh, is it that, or is there anything else that you, you'd love to offer in terms of if people wanted to get something or get closer feel for for who you are and what you do um well if you want to um take a couple of the free courses we've got then you can join marketing success club which you can do via the website um and there's a really good course on there that sort of breaks down marketing um and how to do it and how not to do it basically <laughs> um and you can do that by just joining the club um and then in a sort of larger sense, we've got the uh, the actual the next boot camp is starting in January. Mm. So we only have 
uh, six spaces left on that. So if you kind of listened to this and thought, ah, I need to do something about the marketing, then just get in touch and we'll have a call and see whether it's for you. But um, again, you can learn more about that on the website. But yeah, the, the next marketing bootcamp is starting in January. So that's, that's I guess, the next thing if people want to um, get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the only other thing is I do an, I do another podcast with um, Adam Bastock um, with the rather hilarious title of Bastock and Bachelor Bullshit Busters. I love and alliteration. <laughs> the BBBB podcast. Um, and yeah, that is essentially um, a series of chats that me and Adam do once a week where we take something in marketing that is either massively overhyped or completely wrong um, or very outdated and we give you the kind of lowdown on what the real reason is you should be doing it or shouldn't be doing it or what the free tool is or it's just very calm considered marketing advice rather than a hype uh, multi-level marketing thing which is what a lot of those other youtube channels uh tend to be so yeah uh you can reach out on uh that that channel as well but again that's all on site you can you can find all of those links there brilliant well that's awesome well thank you very much for your time and sharing your story and um i'm sure there's lots of people listening to this who's going to, who are going to be very interested in what you do excellent thanks very much for uh sharing the time carlos it's been great to talk Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?